Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Uh, I can promise I will not dilly-dally. And we, we will move on and, and we will uh, move through it. Um, but I just want to say as a note that I am uh, humbled to be here. Um, and pretty scary with all these preachers in here, too. Uh, uh, and I didn't know Harry was coming. Oh. Yeah, so there he is. Anyway. I know, I know. Anyway, uh, but I don't want to be outdone either, so. what I mean. Son, would you stand up, please? I have a son. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I am all jokes side, which I love to have fun, as, as most of you know. Uh, but I, I get to preach on one of the subjects that I really like to talk about, and that is human freedom. And uh, I'm using human freedom uh, there means what we uh, express as freedom. Uh, I uh, entitled this sermon, In Pursuit of Freedom. And so hopefully that's uh, the path that you're on as well. Um, I know it's not everybody's path, uh, but I hope to convince you if, if it's not yours today to be on the path of freedom. Text that I chose was in Galatians uh, 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And it, I just used the first sentence of that uh, uh, for today. Uh, but let me say, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Not for something else, but for freedom. Just the pure joy that you are free is what Jesus wants yeah. you to have. Yeah. And so we'll talk about that. Uh, and freedom, by the way, I'm, I'm following uh, some precedent here of defining the word uh, in the front of the sermon, okay? And freedom, uh, the dictionary says, the state of being free or at liberty rather than in confinement or under physical restraint. So we want to... Talk about freedom for you to have this experience inside spiritual freedom. Uh, oh, yeah, there's just all kinds of freedom. There's political freedom, economic freedom. There's psychological, emotional, spiritual, all kinds of freedom, okay? So we're just going to kind of bundle that up and, and just say freedom in general. And I know you mentioned our forefathers uh, what brilliant men they were. Amen. Genius. You, really, they just genius. And so the, the one sentence of the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence is, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
I mean, that's genius. In one sentence, 36 words. And to mean so much. Uh, and, and not only to mean so much on paper, but in the lives of the citizens of America. It is so, freedom is just so necessary. Governments will go to war to procure and they'll go to war for freedom for themselves and uh, for their citizens. It is just a necessary ingredient to make life worth living, a sense of freedom. I'm going to talk about an uh, encounter that Jesus had. It, it, it's a healing of the, I call him the madman from Gadarene. He's a crazy guy. It's absolutely crazy. And this, this encounter and this healing has captivated my imagination for years and years. Probably the first time I heard it, I said, oh, I love that one. I, you know, and it, it just meant so much to me. And I think it was because I always felt like I was a little crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to admit to that or even confirm that in me. That was good, though, Frank. That was good. Uh, well, that's why I was so happy when Waylon Jennings came along and said, I've always been crazy but it kept me from going insane. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I, I get it, I thought that was genius. I said, now put me down for that. I'm in on that. So here's this guy. Here's this guy comes screaming out of the tombs to meet Jesus. And of course he got a demon in him and Jesus is telling the demon, come out of him, come out of him, okay? And the demon will, doesn't come out. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Okay. All right. Now I've got lots of things to handle. All right. So, so uh, Jesus is uh, telling the demon to come out, and the demon doesn't come out. So Jesus takes another uh, aim at it, and uh, all the time the demon's telling, uh, you know, uh, uh, what have you come to torture us? Leave me alone, all that kind of all that kind of thing. And then Jesus asks, well, what's your name? And the demon says, Legion, for there are many of us. I think that's a threat. I really do. I, I just thought that was a threat. Dad, Jesus, you better leave us alone because there's a bunch of us in here. <laughs> now, in just the next sentence or so, he's begging to do 
for a little, to go into the hogs. It was really strange, okay? But, but now that's just what Jesus needs is some trash-talking uppity demon <laughs> to meet him in the morning. That's just what he needs. And so uh, finally uh, the demon comes out. And then the next scene, the next scene, this guy is fully clothed sitting at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. Wow. Did you know that in many churches across this nation that there are many people who are given testimony this morning that they woke up this morning in their right mind? Now, before the community tried to help the guy and the community saw, oh, by the way, do-gooders, they, they'll do you all sorts of pain. And the bad thing about do-gooders is they think they're helping you. So they'll never quit. That's the, okay. So the community tried to help this man. And how did they see help? Putting him in chains. Putting him in shackles. Trying to restrain him. But this is what I want you to get. This man did not need more restraint. He needed more freedom. And Jesus gave it to him. Freedom is just so necessary. It's an ingredient that makes life worth living. So that brings me, oh, I, re I remember when I first experienced this. I, uh, my first really nice job was working on the railroad. I worked as a brakeman conductor. A young man, this had to be like mid-60s or maybe 64, somewhere around there. And I had been saved. I, I, I knew what being saved was, a forgiveness of one's sins and having a sense of eternal life. And I, I knew that, Okay. Um, but not much other than that. Not very well educated, could read a little, but that's all. And I got up on the engine that day. We, 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 we hooked it up. We had it all hooked up to the train. Usually had a big train on this job. It was a Blueford local, and usually had a lot of work to do. And, and so uh, we, we got the brakes tested and whistled off, and we were on our, we were on our way. And the train got to moving. Well, I was up in the brakeman's uh, chair and just looking out the window at the right of way, all the foliage and everything. And I realized for the first time that my future was not cast in stone, that my future really hadn't been written yet, and that I did not have to follow the generational sins of my of my past and of my family, whether it be on my mama's side or my daddy, and they were good people. 
But I realized for the first time that my future was open. I didn't know that. I would just thought I had to follow in these footsteps and follow what was done. But I realized, I, looking out that way, everything was the same. I know it, the grass was just as green, the foliage was just as green, and nothing had changed, but I'm telling you, everything had changed. My future was open, and it depended on my relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, it was a good job this morning, by the way. That's a good job this morning. Our, my relationship with Jesus Christ and the choices that I would make. And that opened up a whole new idea. And that's what God did in my life. So I'm going to go back now and look at freedom in just two ways. Freedom from and freedom to. Of course, the freedom from is... The uh, best example of that is the exodus. Uh, it, just, it just is. Uh, the most important event in the Old Testament is the exodus from Egypt. And uh, there you have a freedom from. So there's a sense in which God wants to give you freedom from. And when you, when you read that uh, story, you, you read time and time again, where God hears the cry of his people, Israel, and he comes down to deliver them. Over and over again, you'll read that, and he comes down to deliver them. Well, that's just what he does in the Passover. Now, he's prepared them. He's prepared them. They didn't want to leave. They had overstayed their welcome already. They'd been there 400 years. It's about time for them to move on, wouldn't you think? You got somebody living in the basement, you think it's time for them to move on? It's just, I mean, you were, I always say, uh, when you, when family, you, know, you got to, I don't want to, I have no idea. Three, after three days, they're like fish, they begin to stink. That's all you so, I always try to keep that in the back of my mind when I visit my kids and that kind of thing, you know. So, okay. All right. But God called them out and they come out under the blood. They, 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 they come out under the blood. And, and they're, they're God's people. And it's, a, it's an infant nation is what it is. And so they, 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 they've left. They're freedom from now. And so they get out there. And the first difficulty they have is the Red Sea's in front of them. And that's not all that bad. But Pharaoh's behind them in hot pursuit. Now that's bad. They don't have ferries. They don't have a navy. What are they going to do? God parts the water. He's saving again his infant nation, and they come across on dry ground. They get across the Red Sea, and what happens? It closes up and drowns Pharaoh and all his army. It does two things, and here's where they need to realize what God has done for them. They don't, but they need to realize what God has done for them. Number one, he sealed their way back. They cannot no matter what they say, 
no matter what they do, they cannot get back to Egypt because God will not part the Red Sea for them to go back. You get that. See, God will help you go forward. He's not going to help you go back. Oh, yeah. Amen. Well, I'm glad of that. I don't need any help being stupid. It's like a little boy heard the preacher. <laughs> like the little boy heard the preacher talking about sin and he needed forgiveness and he, he come forward. The preacher was trying to be nice to him and says, says to him, you know, I, 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 I know the devil made you do it. He, he said, no, not really. I made it up myself. <laughs> we don't need any help with that. No, we, we, we do that by nature. The other thing that they should learn and realize in their life is their nemesis is gone. Pharaoh drowns and is no longer available on planet Earth. All the bad, mean things is wiped out of their life. And there they stand. Now, maybe they don't realize it. Maybe they do. It'll take them 40 years to figure that out. Well, that's what they do. So 40 years later, after all these mistakes, they stand. They stand near the River Jordan. And there at the River Jordan, they're going to make another decision. Now, they've made the shift from Egypt to the desert, by the way. When, when that uh, closed up, you might as well say, welcome to the desert. <laughs> and, but God feeds them. We'll come back to that. God feeds them, and God takes care of them. Okay. But now he's brought them. They've made the shift from Egypt to the desert. But the desert was never meant to be their permanent home. They were saved to something. They come from Egypt. They saved from Egypt. But they were saved to something. And it was not the desert they were saved to. It was the promised land that they were saved to. And so God had called them and offered them freedom from, but he also offers them freedom too. And now they stand. They made the shift from Egypt to the desert, but now they need to make the shift from the desert to the promised land. Now, I know some of those great old hymns talk about the promised land as being heaven, okay? I stand on stormy banks and look with a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. Well, I mean, I got that, but it's a song. I, I wouldn't, the theology is not that great, okay, in that. <laughs> so, so the promised land is really not a picture of heaven. It's a, it's a picture of living on the promises of God and learning to live on the promises of God and not by any rules or any book or 
anything, but your relationship with God and the promises he makes toward you. I don't want to say some of those promises here because they will make me cry. I'm like, I'm like Harry, I'll cry on you. you know, so, uh, and it seems like the older I get, the more I cry. I was good or bad, but that's the way it is. But they stand on, on the bank, and they have God's promise right before them, but they'll have to make the transition from the desert to the promised land. I understand the seduction of the desert. I understand that. There is always that pull to stay where you are because the demon you know is not quite as frightening as the demon you don't know. I understand the seduction of the desert. In the desert, you don't have to worry where your next meal's coming from. It's manna. It'll be there every day. You can live in perpetual adolescence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that was good too. I really did. I thought it was a great line. <laughs> I had to make, <laughs> I thought that was a great line. I worked on that one a long time. <laughs> so do, do I want to risk and do I want to feed myself? Do I really want to do that? So the seduction of the desert is stay here and you'll get your manna every day. Amen? Well, what about fried chicken? <laughs> do you ever get fried chicken here? No. You get manna. I love ribeye steaks. I was getting ribeye steak. No, you get manna. Now there's a seduction that says I'm going to I'm going to go with the meal every day. I'm not. I'm going to go for the fried chicken. Make that transition. Have the courage to make that transition from the desert to the promised land. No matter how much security, you don't have to learn how to build a house in the desert. You're living in a tent. You don't have to learn any of that stuff. But once you cross that river and that river closes, you have to learn to feed yourself and to build your own home. Now, Jesus... No, well... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Well, pack this up. How many possessions do you have? Well, what we can carry? Oh, you know, okay, nothing. <laughs> too, that's having too much fun. But I'm going for the fried chicken. That's what I'm going for. It is a scary thing. I understand that. But you need to make the transition from the desert into the promised land. It's what Jesus called the abundant life. You can live in the desert or you can live in the promised land. 
I'm going for the promised land. And I'm going to learn how to live in the promises of God. And the longer I live, the more I understand God's love for me and what I know and, and what that means then for others. So I'm going to say, if you're at the river, I'm going to suggest that you make that crossing. Step across that line into the promises of God. Is it scary? Yes, it's scary. You'll be working without a net. That's just what it's like. But it is the most wonderful experience in the world. It is there accomplishment can be made. Can you fail? Yes. Will God be there for you? Yes. Will he help you up and get you going again? Yes. But there are no guarantees. You live on the relationship with God and you have to suffer the consequences of your choices. But it is all about being mature. Now, Paul would say, forgetting what is behind I press forward to what is ahead. Great advice. Make sure you have Egypt in your rear view mirror and don't spend too much time looking at it. You've got work to do. Go ahead and do it. Let me uh, just ask you to stand with me for a moment. Okay, just stand for a moment. It is, it is one thing to have that freedom. It is quite another to put it into practice. And Jesus would say, if the Son should make you free, you shall be free indeed. What that means is you take the abstract idea of freedom and it becomes your deeds, your work, and you make it concrete here on earth is what happens to you, okay? So if the sun should make you free, you are free in what you do. And I wanna remind you, if you're free, there are other people that need it desperately. There may be people in your family that need to be freed from some real ugly stuff even. There are some people in your neighborhood who need the example of a person who is free. And there are people in your community that need that. You may be their only hope to know what freedom is. So let that freedom that Jesus gives you come into your life and then become real in how you live your life. I don't know why, but when Harry was talking, I thought that one of the greatest freedoms that the love of God does for us is make it possible for us to love everybody. And, and that's I always, I want to be that person that's able to love everybody. Agree with him? Maybe not, but to love them. And... It, it, it is a wonderful gift, but it's a, it's, an, it's a freedom experience. But when I do that love, I'm making real 
the promises of God and his freedom. So if you would uh, just try to visualize a line in front of you and literally make a step, maybe a half a step. You won't really be bumping into people and that kind of thing, but, but make a step and say, I'm going to take that freedom. I'm, I'm going to step on the right side. On one side, it's failure. On the other side is a possibility of success, and that's where you want to be. Just make a half a step. Did everybody do that? Everybody did that. Everybody did that. Okay. What you're doing is you, you, you take the abstract idea of God's freedom and you make it real in your family. You make it real in your neighborhood. You make it real in your life. But whatever you do, make it real, concrete in this world. Live in the abundant life. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Barry. All right. Thank you, Pastor Barry. That was amazing. Um, obviously, there's a theme, right? And it's, a, it's an easy theme for us to catch.